listening 60 Minute Overtime with your host, Coach Danielle McCartan. You can follow her work on Twitter at Coach McCartan. That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. Okay, hi everybody. Hello, can you hear me now? All right, we are here, Mawa, New Jersey. 90.3 FM on your North Jersey radio stations and also streaming live online. Um, If you're not hearing us already, tell your friends. We are uh, just, all you have to do is Google WRPR. And we're set to go. We are here for the next hour. Uh, We have a lot to get to today. We're going to be talking um, about an event I had gone to this week, um, last Thursday night, which was kind of cool. We're doing a little segment on Mets and Yankees walk-up musics, which is cool. They change it every year. Uh, we'll recap a little bit of opening week in the MLB. Then uh, we'll go to segment four, which is Yankees news. Five is Mets news. Six is Jets and Giants. Not so much news there, but um, there is one big thing for the Jets. And then we're going to go to Andy and his uh, weekly MMA stuff. So we have a, we have a lot on tap today, uh, and we'll get right to it. So um, we we also want to take – let me move my lunch here. We also want to take some phone calls Today, so uh, the number to call the studio is 201-684-1234. Anything you want to talk about um, is what it is. So, also, if you wanted to tweet to me at Coach M C C A R T A N, uh, we can use the hashtags hashtag My Walk Up Music, and uh, we would love to, to to hear some of your walk-up musics and your choices and uh if, if you can call in and, and tell us why you picked that song and uh and uh, that, that'd be cool so uh, again it's at coach mccartan and use the hashtag hashtag my walk-up music that's a big thing in the mlb so um first off i'll talk about uh thursday night i went to an event at uh ben and jack steakhouse on fifth ave in manhattan um it was p- uh, put on by manhattan youth baseball and they presented it was a charity Casino night and a silent auction to benefit grades to play. Proceeds from this event, I'm reading right now from uh, the public relations uh, press release that went out. Proceeds from this event supported various grades to play funding, which is scholarships to private schools, private tutors, computers, and funds for enrollment for uh, for underprivileged kids in Manhattan. So at this event, they uh, presented former Jets safety Eric Coleman with an award for excellence in sports and philanthropy. Uh, I actually caught up with Eric and his Siciliana moglie, Sicilian wife, Sabrina, prior to the awards ceremony. And I I have that for you right here. Hi, Daniel McCartan here at Ben & Jack's at Fifth Avenue with Eric Coleman. Eric, nice to meet you. Pleasure to meet you as well. Um, So tonight we're at the charity casino night to uh, support grades to play. Um, Why is this cause so close to your heart? Uh, It's close to my heart because it's helping uh, kids who are growing up in, in unfortunate uh, beginnings. It helps them give them an opportunity to, to go to great schools, to get the opportunities that people um, normally wouldn't get. You know, it gives them something to strive for in life, and I'm all about helping the kids. And and what is the importance of having giving a, a good role model to these kids, as you have been in the community? Um, it's very important. You know, a lot of times when, when kids go through tough times, they don't know that anyone relates to them. They think that they're all alone, and, and having someone who can relate to them, help them get through, uh, see the light at the end of the tunnel, I think that's great for them, and it gives them some hope in life. So you're here tonight accepting the Excellence in Sports and Philanthropy Award by Manhattan Youth Baseball. What does this honor mean to you? That means a lot to me. You know, it's uh, you know, 
growing up, growing up in, a, in humble beginnings, you know, it's, it's all about, like for me now, for, to be in the NFL, to play all the years I played, and to have the platform that I have, it's important that I give back, um, get in the community, help out kids um, who, I, who I relate to. You know, show them that there's something they can strive for and that they can achieve whatever they want if they put their mind to it and if they continue to work hard in school and, and do the right thing. So now some a little tougher questions here. Okay. Um, just recently a, a doctor out of, uh, I think it was Boston University, said that within about five years they might have a test for living people for, for CTE. Is that something you would be interested in taking that test to see? Absolutely. You know, I'm all about... Uh, living, living healthy, you know, mm -hmm. knowing about what's going on with your body. Um, I try to live right right now, and, you know, if they could come up with a test like that, it would be amazing for, for all athletes, you know, not just football players, right. you know, people who ride dirt bikes, play soccer. Boxers. Um, yeah, just be good for everyone, you know, just to know you can get diagnosed and get the proper help that you need. Right. So this might be a little personal, but have you experienced any CTE symptoms in your – I mean, you're young, you're 31. Um well, I'm 33, about to be 34. Oh. Um, Still, yeah. And I had a couple of concussions, but no, no symptoms so far. Not okay. going to uh, you, know, you know, I just pray, try to eat right, try to take care of my body, and, uh, you know, just hope that I continue to um, age properly and mm -hmm. that all my health stays intact. So do you, you have sons or daughters? No, I have both. You have both? Two, okay. Two daughters and a son. Okay, so would you encourage your son to play football? Yeah, absolutely. Football is a, a wonderful sport. Uh, it's done a lot for me. It's, it brought me to places I never thought I would be able to go taught me a lot about life, how to work with others, responsibility, accountability. It's a great game. You know, they're doing a lot of things to make it a safer sport. And um, I, I think it's, it's a wonderful way to grow up as a young man. Cool. So take me back to draft day, 2004, was it, right? Yeah, fifth round. What's your draft story for the Jets? Oh, my draft story. I was I was at home. Mm -hmm. uh, I was at my, actually my grandmother's house by myself. I didn't want to. I didn't want to be around anyone. I was too nervous. <laughs> um, the draft was on ESPN, and once they went to the fifth round, yeah. they turned to ESPN too. My yeah. didn't have ESPN. <laughs> oh too. no! So I was, I was kind of like, I was going back and forth, walking around, nervous, and I finally got a call from a, a five one six area code. Yeah. I didn't know what it was, but they told me it was the Jets, and they were going to draft me. And uh, you know, it was just one of the best times of my life. That's cool. It was really a blessing. Yeah, that's a cool story. So you're also on uh, SNY mm -hmm. as an analyst. What do you think about the Cold War situation happening with the Gino? I mean, with uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick and the Jets? Oh, it's just a part of the business. I know. You know, everyone wants to. Everyone thinks that they're they're worth a certain amount, and a team. You know, you're only as good as what a team will pay you. So at the end of the right. day, they're going to have to come to an agreement and uh, and get Ryan signed up and then have him in the team. Cool. And then just one more thing. You also have a show coming out, Rolling with the Coleman's. Oh uh, yeah, it's, yeah. In, it's in the it's in the. the the building phases right now. Okay. Uh, my wife and I are going to do like it's a reality show, but we're going to uh, show our lifestyle. You know, okay. show that you can be parents, you can be in your 30s and still be cool and still uh, live your life. You know, it's just going to be a lifestyle. You know, and, uh, she's Italian, right? You're yeah, right. Well, she's Sicilian. She's you know? Sicilian. So, ciao. <laughs> Come in here. <laughs> so we're just talking about the show. So. It's my wife, Sabrina. Hi. Nice to meet you, Sabrina. Um, so, do you speak Italian? Yes. Oh, wow. Sono un insegnante di italiano. Oh, io. damn. Mia sorella è insegnata. Dove? Uh, Long Island. Oh, Long Island. Okay. New Jersey. Grandpa High School. That's cool. So, uh, you know any Italian? Uh, I, can, I can understand a little bit of it. My kids know more than I do. Really? He said Buona Natale once when he was saying Buona <laughs> Natale, by the way, is uh, happy, happy Christmas, happy Christmas. <laughs> somewhat. He's um, getting it. So, um, 
Um, so just give me like a rundown of the show coming out. Where can we watch it and when does it come out? Right now it's supposed to be on Pop TV. Okay. Um, it could be picked up by another network. Probably September. We're going to be filming in June, July. Okay. There's a lot of stuff that goes into it, as you know, editing and everything. But yeah. It's going to be mainly finding places that normally people don't find but on Long Island and trying to highlight them and bring attention to it. All right. Well, Danielle McCartan for the Jet Press. Thank you. Thank you very much. Grazie mille. Piacere. Grazie. Okay, so that that's kind of cool. So he gave us a look into um, CTE. Um, you know, they might have a test for that. We talked about it here. They might have a test because Andy, right now, all they could do is test like on corpses if if they had the disease or not. So apparently, what, what is this? The CTE, the concussion uh, disease. Oh. So they might have a, a living test soon, developed soon. So Eric so Coleman... Uh, they can only test you if you're dead. Yeah. That doesn't help very much. It doesn't help anybody. You have bigger so. problems at that point. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, Eric Coleman, he was great. Um, I loved the event. Um, I also interviewed uh, Tony Richardson. He was He's another former Jet. And um, I'll have that for you guys next week. I didn't want to inundate you with, with interviews. But I have to give a special thanks to MJ Pedone at Indra Public Relations for uh, hooking me up with the media credentials for that. That was my first real event where I had first, like, real media credentials. So that was pretty exciting. Got your press pass. Yeah, I got my press pass and everything. Oh, and, you know, all these uh, things that I've been doing so far, it's almost like you get lucky to interview them, you know. And and this is something where he was expecting to be interviewed. And I thought that was cool with the the red carpet there. And uh, I also made a new friend, Andy. His name is Rolf Luberoff. Rolf LeBroff. Yeah, he's the CEO of Enhanced Events, where um, he, he books a lot of uh, athletes for autographs and stuff. And at, there was a silent auction uh, at that event, and he was the one who provided all the memorabilia for the silent auction. So, oh no way! Got some things cooking with him, and uh, you know, got some big things coming up, Andy. I don't want to mush myself, so I don't want to say anything. But if all goes according to plan, I'm going to have a monumental interview this week. Uh oh! Monumental. Monumental. Yankees. Oh, I thought I was thinking Jesus. Yeah, well, <laughs> almost, <laughs> almost. But uh, yeah, I, I don't want to jinx it. Tell me off, off air. Yeah, I don't want to jinx anything because you know I don't want to. I was telling people I was going to be interviewing Chuck Knobloch, and apparently I'm not. That was like a month ago. And he was a Yankee. Yeah, he was a Yankee, and it's all big things. So I don't want to jinx anything. I'll say it again, but Yankee fans, stay tuned. I got my Yankee hat on today, uh, so. <laughs> Yankees. It isn't the opening week for it was this week, right? Yeah. yeah, opening week for baseball. Yeah, it's uh it's freezing here in the Northeast. It's more like winter. It's been snowy. Mm. Um and snowflakes have been falling. So far um Yankees opening day, which was last uh, Monday, I want to say it was, got canceled. It got postponed to the next day because this the uh, fielding crew was shoveling snow off of the, the whole field at Yankee Stadium. It was that bad there? Yeah. Really? Yep. So they had to postpone it, and it made, they made it uh, on Tuesday, I believe. Um, but opening week around the MLB, we'll do that segment. It's okay. Uh, opening week around the MLB. Listen to this. You ever watch Yankee games? You ever seen a Yankee game? I've actually been to two of them, okay. I think. So yeah. you know those seats that are right around in the new stadium you've been to? Uh, when is the new stadium built? 2009 was the first no, year there. No, no, Okay. So in the new stadium, they have these seats. They're called legend seats. Okay. And they're the first 10 rows from, like, if you imagine, um, like, dugout to dugout is where it is. It's the first 10 rows. They're called Legend Suite tickets. And okay. I sat there once, and I have tickets again to go this year. What? It's amazing. Like, Is that, like, behind the plate? Behind the plate. It's a club. So, it's you know, you have access to inside. If it's rainy, you get to stand inside. Ew, look at you. Yeah. 
Andy, let me tell you, unlimited food. I ate the price and tickets and food, my All father right. and I, when we now, went last now time. I kind of want to go. I was eating king crab legs at Yankee Stadium. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't like seafood, and king, I was eating them. King crab legs? Lobster tails? Everyone else is eating water dogs. Yeah. Yeah. And they have, and then when you get to your seat, there's a whole buffet they have set up. And then when you go out to your seat, they have at the end of every section a huge, almost like four foot tall cooler filled with ice of anything you want Gatorade free, soda, water, freezing cold, anything, right? Whoa. And then you get to your seat and there's a menu curled up in your cup holder. You open it up, you could pick anything you want off that menu, which is more traditional, like ballpark fare, yeah. hot dogs, and chicken and stuff, also free. So How much are those seats like for season tickets? Well, season tickets, are, they're a little bit cheaper for season tickets. Um, I think you can get them. Well, here, the thing is that it's all corporations that own these seats. Oh. And it's they, they go there in their business suits, and they impress their clients, and they're home by – either they're home by the third inning or they're inside watching on TV in, in the area. So they're not really fans. They're not real fans. Yeah. Right. So I think uh, on a season ticket plan, I think each seat depends on how close to home plate you are. They range. They range from about six seventy five, I think, for season ticket plans. Six hundred and seventy five dollars. All the way up to I think two thousand is the closest. And there's hundred and fifty two games a year. Or hundred and sixty two. Oh, hundred and sixty two divided by two. So eighty one. Eighty one home games. Whoa. Yeah. Plus playoffs. Oh. Yeah. So they're 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 not cheap seats and um So I will not be getting these. You gotta look for a deal. I don't wanna give I'll tell you my secret off air. Even the deal. I will no, I'll tell you. I'll tell you. <laughs> the last time I went to a Yankees game, we sat in the Bleacher Creature section at the old stadium, and it was against the Red Sox. Oh, so those are expensive tickets. Are they? Yeah. Really? Bleacher seats for Red Sox games are like at least $75. Oh, I don't. I got, I got them for free. I went when I was like 16 years old. It was, it was yeah. A different experience. It was crazy. Yeah. yeah there was a lot of uh, smack talk. A lot of fights, probably. Close to it. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. It was fun. My kind of game. Yeah, so that, you know what? That, I'm glad you said that because John Oliver, he was, he is HBO. He hosts the show on HBO called Last Week Tonight. And uh, I have the quote here from the Yankees. Uh, I'll just read this to you here. There's a quote from the COO of the Yankees. Listen to this, Andy. Lon Trost, his name is. Uh, he went on uh, WFAN in February. And he said, and I'll quote, after the Yankees announced that fans could no longer print tickets at home via StubHub, uh, Chief Operating Officer Lon Trost explained on radio station WFAN in February that someone buying a discounted ticket from a resale service, StubHub is the number one one that they went after, may be someone who has never sat in a premium location. So that's a frustration to our existing fan base. So John Oliver from... from so wait, they can't... What what's the deal here? They can't print them out offline anymore. Yeah, they can't. Why? Because the Yankees want to monopolize the yeah <laughs> face he just made. Really? Yeah, they want to monopolize it because they have their own Yankees ticket exchange. Like they don't have enough money. Yeah, right. So what Lon Trost is saying is that people that are normally bleacher creatures are somehow now being able to get tickets into, we'll say, the legend seats because this is where this really stemmed from. Yeah. And uh, John Oliver took personal offense to that. So what he did was he had a contest on Twitter. And um, you had to tweet a picture of yourself uh, using the hashtag. I think it was, never have I ever sat in a premium location. Dr. Seuss, never have I ever. And you have to, they put a picture of yourself wearing something ridiculous to the game, you know, what you would wear to the game. Yeah. To buck the trend of wearing suits and stuff to this section. And he had tickets behind home plate. So Uh, you were on TV if you got these tickets. I tried. 
well, I what I did was I, I posted a selfie of myself with an empty refrigerator and I and a, and a bag and I said hashtag like whatever to John Oliver or whatever uh, here I am with my bag ready to steal all the food because you know it's kind of white trashy uh, thing to do you know I gotcha so obviously I didn't get the seats but what he did pick and it was really funny to see the first he had three games the whole the first three Yankee games the first game he picked people wearing Ninja Turtle costumes so behind home plate were two Ninja Turtles. Bet you the CEOs of those companies love that. Yeah, and then the next game he had two people wearing. Remember, Katy Perry on the Super Bowl had left and right shark. Yes. They had left and right shark costumes on the next game, and I think the third game the people were wearing unicorn costumes. I think. Okay. All right. Then. So, um, John Oliver, good for you because you know what? It's really frustrating to watch a game and to be at a game when you're a real fan and you see people in their business suits gone by the third inning and when it's inclement weather they're also gone i can't stand it i think those seats are, are they're great seats don't get me wrong yeah but they should be filled by the real fans you know what you know what's funny is that that's one of the things that i like i'm just going to relate this to mma because i can't relate it to any other sport mm-hmm. uh when people show up to those fights they they show up to watch the fights and if you watch in the beginning you know the state the uh, arenas are usually not full until the main card starts <clears throat> but you don't get any of that Stuff like where they, they there's no season tickets. I'm sure they have like deals worked out the UFC like celebrities, but there's usually not an empty seat in the house at those events, which is good because that's what you want. You want people that actually like the sport going to the sporting event. You don't want it to be like you know people that aren't fans because it, it, it drains the uh, you know the the purity of it out. Yeah, yeah, and then you got the real fans that are, that are diehard paying whatever they can afford to be there. First of all, to go Wasting to the Yankee their kids game. college money. On. Yeah. Let me, let me tell you this. Let me riddle you this. To park, 30, $35. <laughs> George this. Washington Bridge, $15. So right off the bat, you're up to, what is that, $50 just to get there. If you're in, if you're from Jersey or Pennsylvania or wherever. Connecticut. Yeah. Anywhere, right? So you're up to $50 right then and there. Okay? Then you have to get into the stadium. Well, then you have to eat. Okay? You have to eat. Chicken fingers and fries are, are $15 plus a $6 soda. You want a beer? Forget about it. Eight, nine, ten dollars $10 for a beer. Then they get you. Oh, do you want the next size up? It's only a dollar more. Mm. Well, okay. That's yeah. how they get you. Yeah. Okay, fine. I have another dollar. I'll give you another dollar. But it's just the price of, of going to a game is ridiculous nowadays, and it's just it's got to stop. And it's not and, – and we're in the market here. The Mets aren't so expensive because – well, now they might have gone up because they've been winning, but – Fill the seats. Fill the seats with real fans. That, that's my complaint with the Yankees. And Lontros, if you're listening, actually, Andy, I just got a follow from Brandon Steiner. Steiner. Brandon Steiner, if you're listening. Who's that? He is the um, CEO of Steiner Sports, which is a multi-billion dollar corporation here. Let's have him on. Yeah, Brandon Steiner, if you're listening, let's call ask, us. Let's ask him. 201-684-1234 is our phone number here, Brandon. We'd Brandon. love to talk to you. Brandon. Um, and that's cool. Steiner Sports, Brandon Steiner. Yeah. He's he's the empire. He's the mogul of all autographs of anything. Well, you definitely he's you, the mogul. You definitely need a. I think you need a, a range of prices in the seats because you know certain seats they're not only made equally. But right. you know if they, if they're buying seats and they're because <clears throat> I went to a Devils game, uh, my first hockey game uh, last week, and they're out of the playoffs, I guess. So the stadium was. It wasn't full, but it, it was pretty packed. Like when we got there, or after we were there for a little bit. But I was asking my buddy, I'm like, can we go down and sit? Like early, he's like, yeah, we, you know, I do that sometimes. Yeah. But it's they don't let people go down right. and sit in those seats. Mm-hmm. And he said he was looking down, and they have the box seats that go all around the whole arena. Mm-hmm. He's like, I've been here because he has season tickets. 
he's like, I've been here the whole game until I lost the playoffs, like almost every single home game. And he's like, these these bottom seats and like I think he could call that like six or seven box, like the entire box. He's like, they've all been empty for the last like three, four years. And that's a travesty. Yeah. I mean, and I guess it happens ac- across all sports, but I just think it's ridiculous. I think these corporations need to back off. Or if they're not going to be Give them using, away. Auction them. Auction them. Give them away. Give them exactly. to charity. Exactly. Give them to something else. Exactly. Right. So that's my feeling on that. I think you agree. I think a lot of New Yorkers agree. Unless, of course, you're the one percenter sitting in those seats. But which give, is, them, yeah, give them away. Give them the, some foundation. I don't know. Yeah. Let somebody go to the game. Raffle them off or, or put it for auction and then make the proceeds go to something. You don't want to something. see empty seats. No. Ever. Well, the thing is now, Andy, after you know Jeter is now gone. All the Yankee, all the big name Yankees are gone. So I think the Yankees in crisis mode into selling tickets. See, that's the one thing I don't like. I guess it's a good thing, but it's also a bad thing because if you're if you're watching just for certain players and you don't watch after they're gone, that you know you're you're a fan of the player. You're not you're not a fan of the sport. Right. You know, which is uh, for me, it's it's weird because like when you watch fighting it's like your your fighter basically is your team if you like that guy and once he retires it's like the team retires Uh it's a different kind Uh of feeling so you you watch the sport you don't watch the the player you know what i mean yeah yeah so that's that's my feelings on legend seats but they are great seats once you know i could afford one every um four years i save up for them so wow yeah but you know it's worth it it is so anyway so we're we're gonna go back to uh, oh, yeah. And one more thing about opening week around the baseball is, um, listen to this. The Kansas City Royals, Andy, yeah. were at a Justin Bieber concert. All of the Royals. Most of the team was there. Why? I don't know. Why? I couldn't tell you why. I need, I need, I'm going to need an answer on that one. I don't know, but here, here's what happened. And I saw the video, and if you guys have time, you can go and, you, and YouTube that video. Eric Hosmer, he's like the stud of the team. Someone yells out, they're exiting the concert now, and it's a mob scene. First of all, it's, you know, who goes to Justin Bieber concerts? Girls, okay? 11-year-old girls. Yeah, someone yells out, it's Eric Hosmer. Literally, it was like watching ants on food. They got mobbed. The the Kansas City Royals team, especially Eric Hosmer, got absolutely mob scene. They got beat up by 12-year-old girls. Well, what happened was one of the girls tripped, and as, you know, he was walking towards her, she tripped and fell. (laughs) She was going to get trampled, stampeded. She was only like eight years old, going to get stampeded. So what he did was he, he picked her up and he got her out of the way. And the girl was like obviously in love with him now. But And his quote was, I just saw a girl fall in front of me and I helped her up. Everybody's heralding him as a hero now, he said. But it wasn't anything heroic or anything like that. He just didn't want her to yeah. get hurt. Are you not entertained? <laughs> so I don't know what's 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 the bigger story here. Eric Hosmer almost gets mobbed after leaving a Justin Bieber concert, or the Kansas City Royals are at a Justin Bieber concert. Yeah, I don't know what that uh, <laughs> I don't is. Know what that one of the is. friends with them, or is he a Royals fan? I don't know. No, he's from Canada. No. He should be a Blue Jays fan, if anything. Yeah. I, I, mean, I don't know. I'm not a really big fan of that kid. I like him. I like the music. Well, be a fan of the music yeah. if you want. It's not my, my style, you know, particularly, but I don't like that kid. I think he needs to get slapped. Yeah, for sure. Uh, but but yeah, so I don't know what the bigger story is out of out of Kansas City down there. But what is going on? I don't know. I would love to see Eric Cosmer singing a Justin Bieber song. By the way, that would be cool. Yeah, for sure. The kid successfully makes money, but yeah, yeah, he needs to get slapped. Yeah. Well, now we're talking about music. Let's uh, let's segue right into walk up music. It's a big thing in uh, in baseball, Andy. Where the when you're home, the home DJ sort of. 
plays your song, your pump-up song while you're walking up to bat. For every player? For every player. Whoa. They pick their own song. It's like a whole big process. And uh, I don't know if you know. You know? Do you know Mariano Rivera? Please say I, yes. I know the name. Okay. <laughs> He's one of the greatest closers of all time. Yes. Oh, oh, uh, pitcher. Yeah. Yeah. He had. I know that lingo. <laughs> yeah. Um, obviously, the Yankees pitchers don't really bat because they're in the AL. But when he was coming in from the bullpen into pitch, Metallica, um, Enter Sandman used to come on. All and right. everybody no, no, associates where wherever you are in the world. For me, anyway, on a beach, on a plane, I hear Enter Sandman. In my mind's eye, I see Mariano Rivera tro- trotting in from the bullpen That's into, not into what the pitcher's mouth. <laughs> That's not what I see when I hear Enter but Sandman. It's, it's become synonymous yeah. with with that song to him for for a lot of people around the league. So it's an important thing. Like uh-huh. sometimes it can define a person's career. So yeah. it's a whole. They have that for fighters as well. Yeah, they, they do. Come out. Yeah. Okay. So. I wanted to hear from you guys. First of all, if you could follow me at or tweet to me at Coach McCartan and use the hashtag, hashtag my walk up music. Okay. We're going to play a couple here. I got some like the top three Mets, top four Yankees because the last one's kind of funny. So I wanted to see your. He, he hasn't listened to any of these yet. So we'll go with um, Michael Conforto. He is uh, the local guy. And uh, his walk up song, if you're not sick of it already, this is his walk up song. Is The Weeknd. This is his walk-up song? Yeah. To bat? Like to, for a sport? To go to bat, yeah. Yeah, this is... Give me a rating. One to, one to three. Three being the best. See, when I hear walk-up song, walk-out song, I mm-hmm. think of fighting. So I'm thinking of like getting in the zone. Yeah. And this song does not get me in the zone. Me neither. To do... No. This is... Is there something like rating below zero I can give? <laughs> Negative? Sure. Yeah. But Let's go with zero. Like, Michael Conforto, what are you thinking? This song is played out already. It, look at Andy. It has 753 million views on YouTube. Pick a new song, Michael well, Conforto. Well, maybe, I guess maybe for baseball, he's kind of trying to get into the zone. Maybe this is his his zone. I don't know. I don't know. It's not When really... I hear this song, I change it on the radio because yeah. it's so played out. Yeah. Well, I don't think, well, I don't necessarily that mean that it has anything to do with it. If it gets him in the zone and he I bats guess. better with it, I then guess. more to him. But I... I personally wouldn't pick it. I don't know. All right, so Michael Conforto, I don't know what you're thinking. Maybe you could tell us what you're thinking, please. All right, next we have um, Curtis Granderson going with a classic. All right, this is like a baseball song, but it's a basketball song, right? I don't know. (laughs) I think of, like, Space Jam. Space Jam, (laughs) yeah. When I hear this song. Yeah, to Curtis Grandison taking it back to the old school. But you know what? That's you a could, fun song. I know. Yeah, people so, uh, would be I'll dancing to I'll give him a pass that. on that. I think me too. Yeah, I'll give him a pass on that. Yeah, I kind of like this one. i get you hyped up a little bit just to go out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah, I don't mind that one. Now we got this other one here. Um, Jacob DeGrom. I know. In the hair. <laughs> oh, my God. But Jacob DeGrom. Leonard Skinnerd. Simple kind of man. Simple man? Yeah. This is, uh, one, man. this is one of the best songs ever written. But, oh, he has a live version? I guess. Yeah. This, I don't, this doesn't necessarily make me want to go out and play sports. <laughs> but it's a great song, so I'm, I'm kind of like half and half here. I guess Jacob DeGrom is a simple man, I guess. I don't really know. Maybe it brings him back to when he had nothing. Did he grow up a rags and riches kind of kid or no? I, I don't follow him too closely. I'm not sure. I don't know. Yeah, maybe it brings him back to like having nothing. Just wants to crush the ball. I don't know, but that's that's that. 
Yeah. All right. So those are the, the top three Mets, I would say, the people most interested in that. And listen, this is probably my favorite out of them all. We'll transition over to the Yankees. We got Brett Gardner, Luke Bryan. Again, this doesn't say, like, I'm ready to go. <laughs> this doesn't say Fishing, sports. To loving me. every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. Brett Gardner. Not for sports, no. Andy, he's from, like, downtown South Carolina. Brett Gardner, you can always count on Brett Gardner to give out good uh, country songs to the people of New York every every year. And they change every year. Yeah, but I would pick something a little more like, I don't know. Like, I, I like country, but, like, I've never thought to have a country. Like, maybe, like, Country Boy Can Survive or, or something like that. That used to be Matt Hughes' walkout, but that's... That's a bad song to walk out to. That's a, How about you know. this one? If this is going to load. Ah. It's oh, we got an ad. Ah. We're not, we're not advertising for them. So, uh, Yes, Brett Gardner. South Carolina. I thought he was from Georgia, but I looked it up last night. He's from South Carolina. Ciao and he's got you. a nice country background down there. And here, here, here's a better song for you, Brett Gardner, that I think from the same artist. All right. Okay. Luke Bryan. And who's this uh, walkout song? This is, would be Brett Gardner. Oh, isn't this better? You know you got it. See, this is this is like a fun song. If it's a fun song, I can see it. I used to play this in the bar all the time when I used to bounce, and all the girls jump up on top of the bar. Uh, yeah. This would pump this me up. This is a fun song. I think of a fun time when I hear this song. Me too. Danielle's dancing <laughs> in the studio. <laughs> Guitar. Uh, yeah, so Brett Gardner, maybe that would be a better choice for you. <laughs> and then we got A-Rod, who, uh, who comes out to Jay-Z almost every year. Not much change with him. He's got uh, Jay-Z, Rihanna, and Kanye West. There's probably curses in this. I couldn't find a clean version. Run this town. See, this this is like a fighter's walkout song of like a newer age. Yeah. Back everything. Yeah, this, is, this I can see. I like this one. Yeah. Yeah, I, could, I think I think I'm, I'm almost sure a couple guys walked out to this new city. <laughs> you go from country to yeah. throwing up West Side. And, My uh, even though it's really six zeros dot zeros. <laughs> Curse for it. <laughs> My roommate in college was like Danielle. Every time I open this door, I never know what you're gonna have on. It's not like oh, I like a little bit of everything. Yeah, but variety. Yeah, A Rod's always picked Jay Z, so he's sticking. I have to think to his roots here. Top walkout songs for guys in the in the UFC. One of the best ones is uh, well, boxing has to be as far as if you're talking about like putting fear in people. It was uh, uh, Mike Tyson had DMX's uh, "It's Dark and Hell Is Hot." You know that song? No, I don't. I don't know if we can play it on uh, here, but yeah, it's, I preloaded these. Yeah, it's maybe um, we, we can maybe we can try. Yeah, it's uh, it's it, it starts off with like bells and it, it's. It's nasty. That was Chuck Liddell's walkout song as well. Um, and Dean Lister, he, he, he was like a submission guy. Yeah, he used to come out to Stranglehold. That was a old school song. Yeah, it sounds very violent. Yeah. <laughs> a, yeah they're, uh, some guys are synonymous with it, though. Like, uh, I remember Uriah Faber. His is uh, Calif- uh, California Love. California yeah, and he actually Love. wanted to change it because he's from California. They call him California Kid. But he wanted to change it. 
the one for one UFC, and they told him no. Yeah, well, this is yeah, they're not allowed to change. They were like, he, they're like, yeah, you can't, you can't come. He's like, what do you mean? Yeah. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll come out to the same thing. Yeah, because it's like his song. It's exactly yeah. yeah. So that was a rod, and then Brian McCann. I'm pretty shocked. He's the catcher for the Yankees. It was a surprise pick, sleeper pick for me because he normally also is very country. Mm-hmm. He had um, oh, Eric Church last year. Was he and, got, like, uh, the jitterbug or something? Listen, Eminem. To go from country. This is, this is like a UFC walkout song. I like this song. Yeah. I don't know if this ever made it to the airwaves. I think this was just... First I've of all, heard this before. This this would get me ready to go. Yeah, this is cool. Yeah. This is also off of uh, Eminem's 2002 CD, The Eminem Show. Number, like, the last track on it. Yeah, his older stuff was. The roof comes off. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. Yeah. But to go from country to this, it's kind of. Yeah. It's funny. Uh, one of the most feared strikers in in MMA history, Krokop, he used to come out to Duran Duran. What? Yeah, it was Weird. it was so awkward because the dude was like the pretty much like as close as you can get to murdering people at one point in time, and he would come out to Duran Duran. Yeah. Yeah, this is a good song. Yeah, okay, and I got one more for you. Yankees pitcher, he's a new guy, he's a younger guy. You ready for this one? Uh oh. His name is Masahiro Tanaka. He's from Japan. Uh oh, it's not going to be some crazy Japanese music, is it? It is. Does this pump you up? <laughs> for sure it is. <laughs> I I called it almost. Guess what? Wait, let's just. Oh my god! It feels like I'm like. Is this like an old Pokemon? No. Guess what? This song was specifically written for him, Andy. Yo, one thing I say I will say about Japanese fans because they're crazy. MMA is over. They go insane. They are insane, yeah. like insanely passionate about whatever is going on over there. Yeah, they have this group called Mo Moriro, sorry, Clover Z. This song is called My Dear Fellow, and it's written for this purpose. Walk-up music from Masahiro Tanaka. Yeah, this is, uh, I, I just think of like some Japanese kid playing that like Dance Dance Revolution <laughs> right now, like going crazy, like hitting the buttons <laughs> and stuff with his elbows. <laughs> Oh. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Can't make it up, I guess. No. So, uh, yeah, we haven't gotten any. Come on, guys. Send me your hashtags. Hashtag my walk-up music. I would love to hear it. Let me see. Let me pull that up now. Let's see if we could look for something up here. Hashtag my walk-up music. We got uh, Steve Smith. Uh-oh. From October 2015. No. Oh, no. Let me see. Uh, Dancing Queen by ABBA. <laughs> no. Miami Vice theme song, Top Gun anthem, a little less conversation. Yeah, I don't that's know a good song. For walk up time, I'm not sure. Anyway, so that's that. So send us that. Come on, we're 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 looking to hear from you. Two zero one six eight four one two three four. What is your walk up song? We will play it for you. Okay, then. Uh, that's inviting some madness right there. Yeah. So what? <laughs> so what? Um, my walk-up song, by the way, would be, especially, I'm imagining myself being, I always want to be the first girl Yankee player. And uh, mine would be, right now, Big Rings by Drake. And uh, 
You can't really play it on the air. I tried looking for a clean version, and big it doesn't rings exist. Big by Drake? That's the best you can come up with? I got some really big rings. Yeah, no. That's like the freaking Yankees are the World Series champions of ever. Get out of here sports. with that. No. Or it would be something by Hardwell, DJ Hardwell. That would be cool, too. Yeah. Yeah. I think the I think the baddest one, if you ever watched the video of Mike Tyson coming out, I think it was after he got out of prison, or right before he went to prison. I think it was after he got out of prison, and he was walking up to DMX's It's Dark and Hell is Hot. Especially back then when everybody had, like, they all had, like, flashy, you know, boxers have, like, the flashy robes and everything. He used to come out in, like, a plain black cut-off sweatshirt with, like, the hood cut off and the sh- and the sleeves cut off. Yeah. Like, no promotional stuff on it. And he had black shorts. That's it. All black. Like, all black. All that black. That was, like, before. Day. Yeah. That was, like, before every, like, anybody did that. Yeah. Yeah. Here. Here's a. This is cool. Listen to this. This would be mine. This is the song? This is Hardwell, Spaceman. Spaceman. Mm. <laughs> Alright, I can get down to this come if on. you were coming out to this to go up to the plate. <laughs> You'd have to come out with glow sticks, though, on the end of your oh, bat. Oh, that would be so cool. Yeah. Neon colored bat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that would be mine. You have one yet? I don't know what I don't know what my walkout song would be. Let me see. Uh, I've always liked the It's Dark and Hell is Hot, but that's already, ta- that's already taken. Um, My Aunt Donna said, Andy, we're making her laugh today with the music. So I just asked her what hers would be. She says she's still thinking. So, Aunt Donna, when you get to this, <laughs> let us know. We'll play one for you. Oh, you know what would be good? Like, um, wanted, did or Oh, uh, Bon Jovi? Yeah, that would be cool. Let's get out of here with the big hair. <laughs> <laughs> that would be cool. Okay, so Yankees news. Uh, Yankees are live tonight in Detroit. They're looking to take the... Series from the Detroit Tigers tonight at 8.10 p.m. in Detroit on Sunday Night Baseball. I believe that's over on ESPN. Two big stories from the Yankees. Um, if you're following Yankees news, or it might be bigger news than just Yankees, C.C. Sabathia, their pitcher. Um, last year he left the end of the season early because he went into alcohol rehab. Guy makes millions and millions and millions. C.C. Sabathia? Yeah. So uh, yesterday was his first start after coming back from that. Uh, he just barely made the uh, Yankees starting rotation. He's the fifth uh, starter after skipping out the rest of the last season to go to alcohol rehab. Guess what? He was the most successful Yankee pitcher during opening week. He pitched into the seventh inning yesterday, which is which is pretty good. And uh, that's a surprise for Yankee universe, even me too, as he was the most successful opening week pitcher. And let's continue to watch Yankee fans with cautious optimism. We'll see. I know he's working with Andy Pettit. Andy Pettit calls him pretty much after every game, and they go over mechanics and things like that. Um, Jacoby Ellsbury, he said after the game that it was a great outing and that we need him, meaning CeCe. And CeCe said at, in his post-game press conference, it definitely feels good to be back. So, CeCe, if you're continuing to put numbers up like that, we'll love to have you back here. But he was under the microscope for a little bit for not producing out here in New York. Because uh, he's a drunk? Yeah, they, they were trying to mask it by saying he has knee problems. I, I don't really know. We don't really know the whole story, but oh. he's clean now, and we'll see. There's a lot of sports cover-ups like that, Yeah, especially high-profile guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, uh, Also, the Yankees have uh, Starlin Castro. He was an off-season Yankees acquisition, the second big story here. Yesterday, he had his 1,000th career hit, which is awesome considering he's only 26 years old. And uh, guess who else also had his 1,000 hit at 26 years old? I don't know. Take a guess. Uh, baseball? Yeah. Uh, Yankee. 
I don't. Oh, come on, Andy. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't know any players. Oh, man. So Starlin Castro is on. The answer is Derek Jeter. So Derek Jeter. He only got his thousandth hit? At 26. Oh, oh. I th- you tripped me up there. Ah. You, 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 I thought you meant like another player right now no, who's no, 26. No. I was going to say that because it's the only Yankee I really I know. I thought sure you were going to say. Yeah, so Starlin Castro had, has a thousand career hit. He's 26, and he joins Derek Jeter, who also had his a thousand hit at, ton, at 26. He's in great company as Jeter is alone at the top of the Yankee all-time hits leaderboard. He has almost 700 more than number two. You know who number two is? Old-time Yankee? Old, old-time Yankee. Old, old-time Yankee? Like how old? Old. Um... Let's see here. Is it? Oh wait, uh, sixty. What's his? What's his number? Sixty-one. Sixty-one. Roger Maris. Maris. No, the other Clement. No, not Clements. Uh, who's the other guy from that time period? Mm, Mantle Maris. Ma- Mickey, Mickey Mantle. No, he was a good guess. Uh, number two is Lou Gehrig. Lou Gehrig. Ah, oh, poor Lou Gehrig. Yeah, and uh, you know he's on pace to either tie or, or beat. Lou Gehrig, so that's pretty impressive. And right now he's batting four thirty-eight, almost five hundred, with two home runs and eight RBIs. And this is Starling Castro. He's uh, on fire. On fire. <laughs> Scotty's on fire. Well, Antonio, we got a we got a notification here. Her walk-up song would be CCR. Put me in, coach. Oh man, <laughs> let me put me in, coach, on YouTube. You know that song, right? Do I? Oh my God! Center field is yeah. it John Fogarty? This one? John Fogarty's the lead singer of CCR. Is this it? Yeah. Oh, of course, it's not going to load. It's a baseball That's not song. Bad. It's a baseball song. <laughs> it's about a kid that wants to go into the game. You never heard this song before? Uh, yeah. You're a baseball coach, and you never heard this song. <laughs> And here, it, the beat That's drops right here, as yeah. they say. I like watching all these Yankees on this video here. Yeah, this is old, old school. Black and white. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. That's a good pick. That's a good one. Mom, My mom says she's laughing, too, here. <laughs> Donna said, don't forget, I'm old. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a good baseball song. Yeah, you're right. It's almost like put peanuts in crackers. Yeah, yeah, but it's way better than that. <laughs> let's, let's not even compare those two. Uh, let's not get silly here. Yeah. So uh, for uh, for Mets news, uh, we got some Mets fans in the house. Uh, the live score: the Mets are right now. They are in the bottom of the fourth inning. I believe they are home. I want to say, and they are losing to the Phillies one nothing right now. The UFC card is going on right now, for those guys who do not know. Turn to Fox Sports 1. The main card started 14 minutes ago, so you should probably watch that. What's on that card? Um, that card today is um, it's Gabriel Gonzaga. Or, uh, <clears throat> that's actually next weekend's card. It's uh, Ben Rothwell versus Junior Dos Santos and uh, Gabriel Gonzaga versus Derek Lewis. Those are like the, the top two fights. Um so they'll probably be on around, if I had to guess, like four o'clock. Okay, that's that's when those two fights will start. But the main card's on right now. I'm actually, uh, what do you call it? DVRing. DVR. Yeah, yeah DVRing it right now. <laughs> I, had, I had to call my sister-in-law to ask oh her. Oh my god! How to Are you record. like a grandpa? Yeah, I didn't know. I never had to record anything before. 
I don't I don't really watch TV shows or anything like that. So now, now that I know, I could watch all the UFC ones that I miss, which is really none. But mm. uh, that's funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So uh, yeah, the Mets are still in the bottom of the fourth. So come on, Mets. Lucas Duder's up at bat. You have a Yankees hat on. I know, but I I root for New York. Yankee traitor. <laughs> no. You're a traitor. Well, I was rooting for the Mets in the World Series. Come on. Yeah. So, so for for, uh, for Mets news, uh, the live update, there it is of the score. David Wright, we've talked about him, Andy, on here. He has the, that spinal stenosis going on. Yes. Mets are really watching him. And uh, after, I guess, six days of play, he, he uh, apparently they have built into his schedule, um, what's it called, like planned days off, like planned rest days for him. Six days in, he's taking a planned day off. He was out of the lineup yesterday. Um, it's a little bit worrisome. Um, yeah, I guess you can get used to that, Mets fans, of you know having seeing somebody else at third base. That's like a in op. Like there's nothing they yeah, can do for that. Do, yeah, that's not cool. I don't know. So let's go back to Leonard Skinner here, because um, Jacob Degrom, he's on my fantasy team. Oh boy! I know Mets ace Jacob Degrom. Uh, two things with him. On Friday when he was pitching, he had a private jet on standby for him, ready to go. Why? Because his wife is ready to pop down in Florida. Oh. So uh, if she went into labor, he was leaving the game. And he was just going to get on a private jet and go down to, Good to guy. Florida. I like this guy. Yeah. So I like him, too, because he's on my fantasy team and he's an awesome pitcher. Um, but And lucky for the Mets on Friday, he did not have to leave the game for that. But he did leave the game. Because he hurt his arm. He had tightness in his throwing shoulder, and he essentially took himself out of the game, which... Uh, Smart. He had uh, six innings and in, in only 76 pitches. I don't think that they... I don't think that they probably do that enough uh, in in sports. I don't yeah. think guys take themselves out of the game enough as the, uh, as much as they should. When Because, really, I mean, if you've got 162 games mm-hmm. a year, especially in baseball, mm-hmm. you know, what, what's the point? You're going to... Throw what you what a hurt shoulder. If you you know rested it for a week or two, you'd be fine. Right. Yeah. So the Mets are going to use extreme caution with him. I got a notification on my phone this morning that his next start was supposed to be Wednesday. He will not be starting on Wednesday. He's going to rest it. And I think I think I came across the Yankees uh, Pineda. Um, the Yankees have a pitcher name. His last name is Pineda. He had the same injury last year. Pitched through it. Was out three to four months. Yeah. And yeah. this guy has the same injury, and they're just going to rest him. I think that's the smarter thing yeah. to do. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Just juice him up. <laughs> juice him up when he's off. That's like Peyton Manning. That's oh, Peyton Manning didn't juice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. I think everybody's juicing in major sports. Any Every sport. Everybody's juicing. It's like if you can't beat them, join them, right? Well, you, the, the, the amount of stress that those guys go through with their bodies, I mean, it's probably unhealthy to not do it. For sure. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, at a Giants camp, nothing much. They signed, they had a linebacker this morning is going to work out with them, but... I'm pretty quiet at a Giants camp in the recent weeks, but for the Jets, um, DeBrickishaw Ferguson, he's uh, not really a uh, household name for the Jets, but he retired on Friday, and um, and he wrote a letter, I forget the year, maybe two years ago, to uh, an open letter on sportsillustrated.com, and I read, I went through it, I read it, and I got some clips from it, and, and we'll talk about this, Andy. He wrote, um, this is DeBrickishaw Ferguson writing on Sports Illustrated, he wrote, After learning all of this about CTE, I feel betrayed by the people or committees put in place by the league who did not have my best interests at heart. And this is this is a couple years ago. Um, Dr. Elliot Pellman was one of the Jets team doctors when I was a rookie in 2006. 
and to learn that he was a part of the group that tried to discredit the scope and the impact of brain injuries among players within the league is disheartening. If we know the risks, then why do we still play? So after 10 years, DeBrickashaw Ferguson, he's still a you know, relatively young guy. He's 10 years with the Jets on one team, and I know that's pretty rare in football to begin with, but he was, Andy, never injured. He never missed a start in 167 games. He never missed a practice. He played, he missed one snap in his whole career. He played 10,351 hikes, if you will, in his career since the Jets picked him fourth in 2006 in the and draft. And he has a brain injury? He's perfectly healthy. I think it's more of a preventative thing, you know, taking oh. yourself out of the game. I mean. Um, well, maybe, you know, he, he might have just got lucky and, and since he never missed a game and everything like that. But I think that, that, whole, that all that needs to stop. I mean, if you know what the risks are and you want to take the risks, to you know, anyway, that's fine. But, I mean, anybody who thought that football is not bad for your brain even before the study came out, I mean, you're kind of not being honest with yourself. Yeah. So, I mean, you need to know what level, especially if they have the data. They they should tell the players, like, dude, look, if you get knocked out and or you know you start seeing stars, you should probably take you know come out of that game for for a while. Yeah, you know, and then, but then Andy, there's a lot of players that you know say you're. And by the way, uh, Ferguson was an offensive lineman, and two things here. I watched, the, I did see the movie Concussion, and they said that. It's not the players that are getting knocked out and seeing stars that they see the most damage in. It's the players like Ferguson who are on the line. It's constant impact. It's a constant yeah. impact over years yeah, and years. It's the same years. thing with like boxing. Yep. It's just it's not the knockout it's the knockout shots, but it's it's the accumulation of all the hits. But what I'm saying is like you know anybody that's sparred or anything like that, you, you know, you get headaches sometimes afterwards mm-hmm. and you know, that's a sign like this isn't good for my brain. And they, they need to start looking into how they can uh, lower the I, – I remember that thing I talked about a couple weeks ago, the uh, thing that came up for guys after they spar. It's like a – basically like a helmet, but it has a cool – it's like an ice pack for your head, and it severely reduces the um, the pressure and the swelling in your brain after you take, like, shots to the mm. head. And guys are starting to wear those after sparring mm. um, just to reduce – like, because that's basically what kills – your brain a lot of times is the pressure that builds up from from swelling so to reduce that it it they're, they're they i guess they have studies that show that it severely reduces the the damaging impacts from from not knockout shots but you know like impact shots that cause swelling in the brain that's interesting because yeah. they could use that technology to put into to helmets in the football players. well even even if it's not in the helmets what they should do is you know after the games immediately they should all be sanctioned they should have to go and and wear something like that if it if the studies prove that it does have preventative it you know and just wear it for whatever the time is 20 minutes half hour after the game or after practice yeah because um you know you only get one brain and once it's gone it's gone like we're not even like we're getting closer to figuring out what's going on in there but you know usually it's too late by the time uh they realize what's wrong with you so think you know more caution needs to be put into into that kind of thing in sports especially like contact sports i mean baseball you're not really getting hit in the head a whole lot yeah yeah i mean i don't know i mean good for him um it's this is the big shoes to fill on the jets line over there so good for him to ferguson retiring i i think that's great yeah and, but you know what else andy the other thing is that you know you take yourself out of a game and there's always the next man up willing to take your spot. That's the thing. That's why guys don't say it. But I also read something that they are going to have 
on the sideline, you know, instead of like, hey, you have a concussion, how many fingers do I have up? Where do you live? Those yeah. questions. They're actually going to have a, I think it's a blood test that there's like a chemical something that you could tell. Like Gets this, released when you have a concussion? Yeah, this guy has a concussion. He cannot play. And I think maybe that would save some, some guys' careers because, you know, once yeah. you go out, you're out. And that, and, yeah, you and know. yeah, like you said, uh, it's always the tough it up mentality from when you're a kid. Yeah, whether, rub some dirt on it. Yeah, and that's uh, a dangerous thing to have, especially when you're dealing with, you know, especially guys that big. I mean, like you said, they're they're tough guys. Like you said, they're not getting knocked out and seeing stars, but it's, it's the constant impact. And some positions are obviously more likely to have concussions than others. But, yeah, it's something, something's got to change. they got to start moving in the direction of, you know, either like the guy gets knocked out. Like, do they have, like, mandatory suspensions if a guy suffers a concussion? Mm, there's a protocol, but I'm not really sure what. Because I know in the is. UFC, if a guy gets knocked out, or even if they have like a rough fight, like uh, the commission issues a no contact suspension, so they're not allowed to fight or even spar technically for which I guess is that's on their own. Like they they really shouldn't do it, but mm-hmm. they'll issue a six month suspension, so they can't fight. They're not allowed to get a sanctioned fight for six months. So and that's to me, you know, I'm not sure if that's enough time but at least it's in the right direction of we got to stop these guys from getting in there too soon because back in the day guys you know fight four times a night and you know sometimes five times a month that's different though for an individual sport because i think if you're out six months as an nfl quarterback i mean six months is a long it's a season you're out for the whole season yeah someone can easily take your spot and that's that's oh, yeah. what I'm concerned about as a team sport. But you're not seeing knockouts in right. football like mm-hmm. you are in in MMA, like mm-hmm. a you know a physical contact. Like you're trying to. That's the object. One of the objects of the sport is to render the other person unconscious. Mm-hmm. So, but I think that it it is better to err on the side of caution in the extreme conditions. Like I would rather see a fight stopped early than stopped late uh, from strikes because you can't get that back. You can't unring the bell. So if a guy you know gets knocked out, he's laid out on the field. I think that he shouldn't be able to go back in that game until he gets tested and yeah. they, they find out everything's okay. Yeah, that, I mean that's what we do at high school sports anyway. They go through a whole rigmarole protocol. But um, Andy, is that tobacco that you have? No. Oh, it's is not. it soda? It's soda. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's <laughs> right. Oh, yeah. No. It's bubbly. It's bubbly. Yeah. Um, which one caught? So. Uh, yeah, so MMA. Anything else with the uh, concussions there? No, I think that that's for that. I know we talked about we talked about it a lot, but it's just. I have to ask you a couple questions with MMA. Okay, so all right, I'm Misha, getting tested. Misha Tate. Yeah. Has been. <clears throat> she's issued her first title defense, and it's against. Uh, let me see. Everyone thought that she was going to get a rematch against. Uh, what should we call it? Uh, Holly Holm. Mm-hmm. So. She ended up, apparently the rumor is she turned down the fight with Holly Holm. And now she's going to fight, let me see if I'm, I just want to make sure I get this right. And Tate has the belt. She is Tate champion. has the belt. Okay. Um, let's see here. Amanda Nunez. That's who, that's okay. who she's going to fight. Okay. Uh, she's. For a title shot. For a title shot. She's definitely like in the. She was one of, like, the top people besides Ronda, Holly, and Misha okay. for, for a title shot. Like, a lot of people does think that she deserves a title shot. Now, okay. what I'm asking you is that we've talked about immediate title mm-hmm. shots here before. Mm-hmm. Her 
Misha's standpoint is, I don't know if it was confirmed that she turned down the Holly fight, but she was saying basically that she turned it down because she doesn't think that Holly would have given her a rematch after the title, after their fight. That sounds so petty. Do you think so? Because I don't think that they would have set that fight up again. Listen, I, I think when you asked me the last time, I think that automatic title shots should not be a thing. Yeah. So I, I like that she's not getting an automatic title shot. Yeah. I like that they have somebody else coming in to challenge her. Yeah. But I think I think it's kind of petty. Like, oh, well, I'm not doing it for her because she wouldn't have done it for me. Well, it's basically like this is how I see it. If anyone deserved a media title rematch, it was probably Ronda Rousey. Yeah. Because she had the belt for so long. And even yeah. though she got destroyed in her fight, she had the belt for a long time. That didn't happen. She fought Misha Tate. Now, the Misha Tate fight, the it was it was a weird fight because the rounds that Holly won, she she definitely won them. But the rounds that Misha won, she dominated the round. And then the fifth round, it, uh, Holly was kind of winning it, and then Misha took her down, and then she choked her out. So who knows how the rest of that fight would have played out. Mm. And my whole thing is Holly only had the belt for one title fight. Like, she she won the belt. And then when she defended it, she lost. So if you grant her an immediate title shot, it, it immediately cancels out the rematch between Holly and and Ronda. Mm-hmm. And you're allowing another fighter to now step up, and we get to see somebody else yes. for a title shot that's not Holly, not Ronda, like not that. Misha. So a lot of people are mad that Holly's not getting the immediate rematch. But if anything, you know, I think it's – a smart move for money wise because then they're going to get to set up I think a title eliminator between Holly and Ronda if that would be cool if they do that see it's like a playoff it's like you, you can't, like like the pay, who won the Super Bowl last year I don't even know who won oh well uh, the Broncos so it's not oh no I mean the the Panthers Panthers won the Super Bowl no no the Broncos won Peyton Manning was the, uh, you're the MVP f- you're the football girl I know so it's like what I'm, tra- <laughs> <laughs> what I'm trying to say is that the Broncos don't automatically get a chance to go to the Super Bowl again next year. You know, yeah. like I think it's I like that it's like a playoff style that they have to work to get back. The to only it. thing that's that's not that uh, the only difference is though is that unless you're fighting for an interim title, you're not necessarily guaranteed the shot. Like if you win uh, so many games in the playoffs, you're guaranteed a title shot. Yeah, it's not like that in MMA unless you're fighting for an interim title. And basically, what if I think that if Holly won. I don't. I doubt that they probably would have remade or done another Misha Tate fight because the fight was very close. It wasn't. It was more of a chess game than than an all like a street brawl or like a yeah, crazy yeah. fight. Yeah, yeah. Um. So I think they would have set up a Ronda Holly and then they would have put Misha back fighting for whatever. So, I you know I don't know, but uh, I'm glad that the female division is getting a lot of attention because I, it, it makes the sport. Better. I actually like the female better than the male division. I don't know, maybe that is because I am a girl, yeah. but I I like it. Well, there's a lot, there's definitely a lot of, uh, that draws you to it, because it's, it's, it hasn't been around a long time, it's girls fighting, which you don't normally think of, like when you hear of combat sports, you don't, I don't really th- normally think of females fighting. Mm-hmm. And also, too, there's usually a lot of smack talk. Yeah. Like, between the girls, not necessarily... Like as bad as some of the guys, but you can just tell that it's they're there, they mean it, they want to fight, and you know, because again, like we talked about the last time, it's not really fully accepted yet for a girl to grow up wanting to fight. Mm-hmm. So I think the, the girls that are in there to fight, they 
they love it and they yeah. want to fight. I, I'm I'm more apt. I tell you, I'm more apt. I don't really watch MMA, but I'm more apt to click on a link somewhere online that has if it's a girl. A girl, yeah, yeah. I mean, I I, I scroll through and I see McGregor, 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 Diaz, yes, and I pass them up. And then I see Tate, I see Home. I'm like, oh, let me check that out. Yeah, I think they need a couple more stars to yeah. make it interesting because right now you basically like Misha now is a big star, um, and then you have Holly and Ronda. I'll tell you the one time I actually went out to the bar to actually to watch MMA. I was with my cousins, mm. and um, you know. The men were on, and we were just there. And then all of a sudden, everybody everybody in the bar stopped and watched Ronda Rousey. Like, everybody watched it. And then once it was over, everybody kind of just went back to what they were that's doing. That's how big of a star she is. That's how, And for the women, I think that's cool. I well, think she that's definitely cool. outshined. She was the biggest star before McGregor came along. Yeah. She was the biggest draw in the UFC, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's great. I think it's great. I think it's great for women. But they know. need they need a couple more stars to make it interesting, because you can't just have one person without, like their kryptonite or their you know yeah you, you just can't have one a one because that's what happens like if hot when uh ronda lost like now what you know the golden pony's dead mm-hmm. you know it's like the yankees the dynasty was over and then what happened yeah 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 so okay so moving on we got today we got gonzaga versus Derek lewis uh gonzaga's a grappler Derek lewis is pretty much just a power puncher the heavyweight division yeah this is going on four o'clock like two hours yeah, yeah. so I mean, the way that you see that fight going, I would say that if it stays standing, I mean, Gonzaga could definitely knock Derek Lewis out, but Derek Lewis has a lot of power. So I think uh, if if it stays standing, I think Derek Lewis will probably catch him just because Gonzaga's kind of weathered. He's been in the game a lot. He's been knocked out a couple times. And uh, if it goes to the ground, I mean, Gonzaga's a world-class jiu-jitsu guy, and he's he's like a different kind of human like he's built like <laughs> he looks like he just walked out of the jungle what? like yeah he's what's this guy's name gabriel gonzaga gabriel. yeah look him up gonzaga like this the basketball school <laughs> gonzaga, this like guy gonzaga. whoa look at him yeah he's like uh, what's that big guy in uh, the big show he looks like the big show yeah well he's yeah yeah that guy yeah, he he just looks Harry. like yeah, he looks like uh <laughs> like he just walked out of the jungle. Like uh not not like knocking him but like like Neanderthal. Kind yeah, of. he does. Yeah, he's got long arms. He, I wouldn't want to get beat up by this guy. No. And uh so yeah, I mean Gonzaga has more experience. He's been in there longer, so I'm not definitely not counting him out. I give that one probably like a 60-40, 65-35 for Gonzaga. And who's the other guy? Um Derek Lewis. Derek Lewis. He's big too, though. Yeah, they're they're both huge. He's like heavyweight battle here. Yeah, he's two hundred sixty five pounds, I believe. Oh my god. Yeah, he's he's a big dude, but I don't think his ground game is very very good. Um, nowhere near Gonzaga's anyway. So we got that fight, and then we got Rothwell versus Dos Santos, and this fight is going to show when you know when the smoke clears, it'll show exactly where Dos Santos is. I mm-hmm. think. Um, Rothwell's been on a tear. If you look up Ben Rothwell, um, yeah. you got him there? Yeah. Yeah, this guy looks like like a construction worker. He just looks like a big guy. Um, he looks nice, Yeah, he, he's not He's not particularly, like, cut up. He, yeah, he he's doesn't just have any a muscles, big really. guy. Well, he, he's a, he definitely has muscles. He's a big guy, but he carries uh, additional body weight, um, which, you, you know, he, end up, he ends up surprising people a lot. With uh, you know, he knocks out people and and he can submit people. Uh, it's he ends up surprising a lot of guys because he 
for whatever reason, he he just not he wasn't looked at as like a top five guy, but he's been beating everybody they put him up against. So good. He's fighting Junior Dos Santos, who was ex heavyweight champ, and Junior Dos Santos lost his last fight to Alistair Overeem by knockout, and he's one of the you know one of the best boxers in the heavyweight division. He's got nasty striking ability, nasty power, and uh, the problem is is that he had two like like really really tough wars against Cain Velasquez and Cain Velasquez basically he was Cain's punching bag for for 10 rounds of of two fights and uh, I I think he's a different fighter after that I think he just took too much damage so if he loses to this to Ben Rothwell I think um, he's gonna have to like reassess what he's doing or maybe take some time off Um, change up his game plan yeah because he's here's the problem when you get to be really good is that when you get to a certain point where you win a belt or you get to the certain point where you've been a top five guy for so long there's no e- there's no easy fights in the UFC to begin with but when you're heralded as like one of the best guys you never get an easy fight so you're you don't get like a, okay I lost my last two or I lost you know three fights in a row they're, I'm gonna get an easy fight you're a big name so they're gonna give you a big name fight yeah and the problem with that is is that any one of those fights he you know you can win or you can lose and it's just you're going through all these wars, so he's just at a point now where I think uh, it's it's later later in the career, and he's just had so many tough fights. I, I don't know if he's the same fighter that he used to be. He definitely still has the power, but I, I just I see like a it's almost like he's kind of like walking through mud sometimes, mm-hmm. like he can't get set up right. So we'll see how he goes against uh, against Rothwell, and if Rothwell wins, I think he's either next in line or one more fight, and then he's in line for a title shot. Um, so I, I'm not, I have no clue how this fight's going to go because I don't know which Dos Santos is going to show up. And what does this mean? Trending now, UFC Zagreb? Hmm? UFC Zagreb? Is that where they're, that might be where they're fighting because uh, the UFC's on Sunday right now. It's Sunday. Normally when they do it on a Sunday, it's because it's in another country. Oh, uh, yeah. I think that's what it is. Rothwell or Dos Santos, 10, April 10th. Yeah. Where is that? Zagreb. Yeah. Um, is it in Poland? Mm. No. Let's Google it. Yeah, let's 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 Google this. Zagreb. <laughs> Google search Croatia. It's the capital of Croatia. Oh, okay. I'm surprised they don't have. Uh... They might have had Stipe Miocic on there because he's he's Croatian. I think he's from America, but he's his his parents are Croatian mm-hmm. or something like that. Normally, when they do a fight in another country, they usually have like the main fight a guy that's from that country. That's makes cool. sense. Um, now, Andy, are they normally so international with this, or are they just starting to do that? Because no, the NFL is just starting. No, they've been doing that for years. I mean, a lot of times back in the day, I mean, some of the first UFCs were done down in Brazil, um, and now that they uh, they're getting fighters from all over the world, they've been going around the world for years, and they're doing it more now because of the sport has, has been growing. And um, especially if they have a good night, like if they sell out the arena and they and they go to a city and they're they have like they're well received, they'll definitely go back. Like Australia's big, Brazil's obviously very big. Mm-hmm. Canada, especially when GSP was fighting, Canada was huge. Um, they do them in England. They've had them in Germany. Uh, I believe they've had them in Poland before. Mm-hmm. Um, they're they've had them in Japan, Italy. Um, I don't know if they've had them in Italy or not. I'm not sure if they had him in Italy. Um, 
because I mean, fighting's a universal sport. It's not like football where it's like you know what I mean. Like football's an American sport. Yeah, yeah. everybody understands fighting. Yeah, so yeah. it's it's easier for them to take it around the world than it is for like an Americanized sport like football. I think. Right. Um, but yeah, they do them all over. Most of the shows happen in the United States. I'd say probably you know. 60, 60 to 75 percent of the shows happen in like the United States, Las Vegas, Taipei, and thing, New right. Jersey. And big news I actually forgot about this. Uh, the UFC has uh, just been sanctioned to hold shows in New York now. Oh, I read that. I saw that. New I paid York, attention to that. Yeah, it's Because it was illegal for a long time. You know it's why? It's because of the Culinary Union. Culinary. Yeah, Food. The culinary union was paying for them to not be in there. There's just like this whole, it sounds like a conspiracy theory, but it's not. They were culinary union was paying these like the whoever the senators or whoever controls that to not allow MMA to be in New York, and it was inevitable that it happened. But I mean, this has been going on since like the early two thousands. They've been trying to get sanctioned there, so now they finally passed it. So when's the first fight? I don't know. It's I'm hopefully it's at the Garden. I'm um, sure it will be. Yeah, hopefully so, not the Barclays Center. That place is too far away. Yeah, hopefully it's at the Garden. Um, because even back in the day, I mean, they had campaigns to, to end MMA to begin with, like just all of it. I mean, Senator McCain, John McCain was against it. He's actually a fan now, I believe. Uh, uh, what's that called? Politician. Yeah, politician. A typical politician. Yeah, which, I, you know, props to him for, for taking back uh, what he said. But um, so, yeah, that, that's that's huge news because um, they'll probably do a lot of shows there if they're sanctioned because the garden's the garden. Yeah. And that's, you know. I'm sure it will talk about boxing. I mean, that's the place to have it. Um, So then, uh, and then next week, I'll go over this pretty quick. Uh, We got Fox 19. This is happening next Saturday, so this will be right before our show next week. Um, What you got? Problem with your headphones there? Let me know when you're back online. I'm only on the right side. You can keep. I'm only on the right. I can. You went deaf in one ear. It's all right. Still happens. (laughs) You good? Uh, Go ahead. Okay. Next <clears throat> next week's card is uh, UFC Fox 19. We got uh, on the main card the three big fights are Leota Machida versus Dan Henderson. They fought already before. Um, I believe went to a decision. Both of these guys, uh, particularly Henderson, they're kind of coming to the the closeout of their career. Leota has a couple more years, I think. But Henderson's one of those guys. He's been around forever, and he has he's 45. I believe now, and but the dude can still knock anybody on the planet out. I mean, he's got thunder in his right right hand, and uh, he just—I don't think he's adapted uh, with his style. He—he's been the same fighter. He's a, you know Olympic level wrestler, but since he's been knocking people out for the last seven eight years, he—he kind of got away from the wrestling, I believe. So, uh, and I think too, like the, just the amount of like the. The fact that these guys are younger, they're more athletic. He's had a lot of problems with that kind of stuff, and uh, he's been—he's known for having like an iron chin, not getting knocked out, and he's been knocked out a couple times now. So, uh, I uh, the, the last fight was kind of like a—it it was kind of like a stalemate almost for a lot of the fight because Leota's like a counter striker, mm-hmm. uh, or like he 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 counter strikes, but he also has a karate style, so he like jets in very quickly. So it, it just didn't make for a good matchup for a fight, but I hope it's not going to be the same thing. I'm uh, I'm pulling for Henderson in this one just because I want him to you know get a couple wins before he retires. Um, then we got uh, Khabib Nagagermedov. 
um, knock this, your head off. Knock your head off. Yeah, <laughs> he um, he was supposed to fight Tony Ferguson, but Tony Ferguson had to pull out because doctors found blood in his lungs. What? Yeah. Um, so he's fighting some kid. I didn't. I didn't. I forget who who uh, they put him up against, but uh, Khabib is probably like the scariest dude that nobody knows about. Because the problem with him is that That's he dangerous. always he always gets hurt. He's been he's only fought once in the last two or three years. Uh, he always gets hurt, but he like his grappling is like scary, like scary, scary level. And uh, again, since he's I think he's from Dagestan, uh, Dagestan, Dagestan. They had like a whole, I think they had a whole bunch of like genocide over there, like not too long ago. Like that's where he grew up. So the dude's like a like stone faced, like no emotion kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Like when you see him, but. Uh, Again, he, since he's been out for so long, you don't know who's going to show up, but the, the, the kid's a powerhouse. So I think he, whoever they put him up against, I didn't see who it was, but he's probably going to walk through him, if I had to guess, because he's been out for so long. He's hungry. I, I don't think ring rust is going to be a factor with him. Um, and then uh, for the main event, we got Rashad Evans versus Glover Teixeira. Teixeira. Mark yeah. Teixeira from the Yankees? Negative. Guess what I learned how to spell? Teixeira. T-E-I-X. X. There's an X in there. T-E-I-X-E-I-R-A. Yes. Yeah. Teixeira. Yeah. So uh, both of these guys, I mean, Evans had the belt. Uh, he's always been a solid, solid fighter. He hasn't. His record's very good. He hasn't lost too many fights. Um, and o- the only people that he's ever lost to are, like, high, high-level guys. Um, Glover Teixeira, for the longest time, was supposed to be, like, the best fighter that was never in the UFC. He had a lot of problems with, like, visas getting into the country. Um, and when he finally did, he was already, like, 35 or 36. And he was knocking, you know, knocking everybody out, winning his fights. And then he fought John Jones for the title. And uh, he got his shoulder wrenched in the fight and just uh, tore his labrum in the first round and just didn't didn't look good. Yeah. And then... Uh, He's been like kind of like hot and cold with his performances. Like even the ones that he wins, it's like um, it's not. It, he he's very good. It just doesn't look like he's he has like either the killer instinct or like he doesn't look like the world beater that he did beforehand. So yeah, again, this is another one of those fights like uh, Rothwell and Dos Santos. I think it's going to show us where both of these guys are because both of them have been in the UFC now for a while. Especially Rashad Evans, he came in off the Ultimate Fighter, like the Ultimate Fighter one, I believe. So, depending on how these guys perform, I mean, uh, trying to get to a title shot in the 205 division is is very, very hard. Um, so, I'm just interested. Like, this card, I don't really have anybody who I want to see win or lose, which is <laughs> besides Dan Henderson. Mm-hmm. And I like Leota Machida as well. But I like these cards because it, it allows me to just watch them as as a spectator yeah, as and a really really just, like, judge them like, – for the fight, it's very it's easier for me to decide who wins and loses when I'm watching the fight. Like judge it when I don't have a dog in the race. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I'm excited to go back and, and watch these fights today. So we'll see we'll see how it goes. And I, you gotta you gotta up on get up on your MMA game so you can start making some some predictions too. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Vegas odds. I think on all of them. <laughs> oh yeah, pull up the Vegas odds. Let me see. I didn't see them yet. Um, what would I be typing in Vegas odds? Just type Vegas odds. Uh, UFC uh, UFC Rothwell versus Dos Santos. All right, I'd be interested to see. I'm, I'm sure. I don't even know. Andy, I, I that wasn't even typing. <laughs> what are you doing over here? Vegas odds. Learn how Roth. to use a computer, Grandma. 
Oh, yeah. Learn how to use a DVR, Grandpa. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> uh, Fight Night 86, latest Vegas odds from SB Nation. This computer's slow today, man. Yeah, I'm not sure how they're going to do the Rothwell Dos Santos odds. Because, like, even Conor McGregor versus Diaz, Conor McGregor's still the favorite going into the next fight, even though he lost. Main card, really, Cat? Yeah. I don't know how to read this. Let me see. That's Junior Dos Santos, negative 130. That means he's the favorite. Negative? Yeah. You know how the odds work with sport betting? Yeah, like if the Yankees are 8-1 to one to win the World Series. Yeah, but do you know how the plus and minus works? No. So basically, with uh, sports betting and odds, if you're a negative, so, say you're negative 130 like him, if you bet $130, you'll win $100. And it's, it goes by bet, bets of $100. So if you're plus, what is he, plus 110? Yeah. So if you bet 110 or if you put down $100 on Rothwell and he wins, you'd win 110 back. So if a guy's negative nine hundred, you would have to bet nine hundred dollars to win one hundred. What? Yeah, that's how it works because yeah. you're betting on the favorite. So if the if the other guy was plus a thousand yeah, 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 and yeah. you bet a hundred dollars, you'd win a thousand. Uh-huh. The big uh, thing for for people that had money was uh, Floyd Mayweather fights. Yeah, they would bet on Floyd Mayweather to win a decision. So they would drop like a hundred grand to bet on him to win a decision, and they'd only make twenty grand on it. But it was basically like a guaranteed twenty grand because he never loses, and he always wins by decision. That's crazy. Yeah. So he's Dos Santos is the favorite. Derek Lewis is the favorite. Wow, that's that's kind of surprising. That's kind of surprising to me that he's the favorite. Can you go to the UFC Fox 19 ones before we end this mm, show? Would that be on the same page here? No, you'd probably have to go back and okay. go to the Fox 19. Uh, UFC on Fox 19. Odds, Vegas odds. No more number first Ferguson. Margarito. Oh, this is, this is tiny. Yeah, blow that up so I can see it. Mm. Okay. And these are a lot of them. Where's the plus? Okay, betting line. Okay, so... Glover to share is a minus two hundred, really, and uh, Rashad Evans is plus was that one seventy? One seventy. Yeah. Okay, and then Nagumedov. Nagumedov's only minus one ninety against this kid. Yeah, see, Dan Henderson's a plus two seventy five. That's the that's the biggest. Uh, that's the biggest one on there. Oh, jo- John Dodson. Negative five hundred. Yeah, 500. he's. John Dodson, look him up real quick. I'll talk to you about this kid for a minute before we go. Wonder if we go. just click on him here. No, no, just look up Dod. He's he's fighting Manny Gambirian. Yeah, this kid is like a carbon copy of the champ at that weight. They fight at 125 pounds. The things that these guys can do, it, it basically looks like gravity doesn't apply to them. Like they fly through the air basically, and he's just like a tenth of a second off of being the champion when he fights Mighty Mouse Johnson. Mm-hmm. He's just not there. That's why when he's fighting uh, Manny Gamburian, who's a solid fighter, very strong grappler, but this kid basically beats everybody until he fights Demetrius Johnson and then he loses. <laughs> so, yeah. Those fights are... Fo- like, you would probably like those fights because the speed at which they fight at is insane. Yeah. Yeah. So, that's another good fight. I don't know why that's on the lower card, though. He should be on the main card. The The lightweight division doesn't get enough attention, in my opinion. They have a, they have a, a lot of solid fighters. I think the the best pound for pound fighters uh, in their ability, what they can do physically, are, are in the lower divisions for sure. 
So, right. uh, yeah. So, yeah, so a uh, quick update on the Met game. The Mets are now down in the bottom of the sixth, 3 nothing versus their rival, the Phillies. Uh, Matt Harvey is still on the mound, though. So so the Mets are losing. Yeah, losing 3 nothing. That's what you get the for sixth. in the Yankees had today. <laughs> okay, the Yankees are on tonight. Um, and I just, you know, as you were talking, Andy, um, some nicknames for the Yankees this year. Yankees have some new players. Some nicknames? Yes. Starlin Castro, we were talking about him before. Yeah. Uh, Joe Girardi calls him Starsky. Starsky and Hutch? Actually, D.D. Gregorius, the shortstop, the middle infielders, the double play, they're calling Starsky and Dutch because Gregorius is born in the Netherlands. So he's Dutch. So Yeah, so they're calling him Starsky and Dutch. A lot of crazy good kickboxers come out of the Netherlands. I think Hardwell's from the Netherlands, too. Really? A DJ, yeah. Uh, new outfielder Aaron Hicks, his name is Hicksie. Ooh, that's original. Chasen Shreve, the pitcher, his name is Shrevey. Ooh. Severino, Sevi, and Brett Gardner, Gardy. Sevi. So, just wanted to throw that out there, too. So, all right. So, I guess that's it. Hopefully, I'll have something blockbustery for you guys next week. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to know what this is. Yeah, I'll tell you as soon as we go off here. But I, uh, I hope, I hope. Does this have to do out. with football, baseball, Yankees, baseball, Yankees, baseball, classic Yankees baseball, classic Yankees baseball. You know, having like a interview with. Do it. I don't want to blow it up here. Don't blow it up. I don't know what it is. We'll I want see. to guess. I, I'm not jinxing it, Andy. I'm not jinxing it. All right. It. I'll wait. Okay. So uh, I hope you guys liked it this week. Uh, we went over a little bit, but it's okay. Um, I think my favorite was the, the musics. Yeah, that was fun. We have to come up with music for next week for me and you. And we'll, as our, we, our we'll, intros. Yeah, we'll do like intros. Intros to the segments. Yeah. I don't know what mine's going to be. It's going to be hard to find one well, that you have I can a week. play on You have air. seven days. Yeah, well, that's not a lot of time. <laughs> All right. And we still need a name for your segment. Uh, that's been about six weeks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I got to come up with that. <laughs> All right. So, uh, hey, everybody. It's supposed to be a little bit nicer this week up in the Northeast, 60s this yeah, week. Yeah, I liked uh, coming on campus today when it wasn't super cold out. I yeah. I can't so, wait till the trees come out. I want to see what this campus looks like in the summertime. That's nice. Uh, well, I uh, right now I have on like a Under Armour, long sleeve shirt, sweatshirt, two pairs of pants, socks. You look like Randy from Christmas Story. Oh, the kid that walks around. I can't put my arms down. (laughs) Yeah, basically. All right, so um, that's us, 90.3 FM, WRPR Sports. Uh, Danielle McCartan and Andy Smith. Thanks for for calling in this week, guys. No calls and no tweets. Guys are the best. Thanks for that. Guys got busy Sundays, apparently. Oh, and Donna, actually, from North Carolina. She gave us the song, Put Me In, Coach. Thanks, Aunt Donna. Yeah, Uh, so special thanks again to Eric Coleman, MJ Pidone, Rolf Luberoff. It's a cool name to say. Rolf Luberoff. Yeah, and I hope you guys like the Mets Yankees recap, the opening week in MLB recap, right? Recap. Yankees oh, news. I got to give a news. shout out to my I, I didn't say this. I got to give a shout out to my my uh one of my training partners, Brian DeCarlo. He just had uh twins today or yesterday. So, yeah, two future wrestling hall of fame kids <laughs> or, or uh ufc fighters coming out there yeah they're 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 boys so do they listen every week does he listen every week uh i don't even know i i haven't he, he's been so crazy with the with his wife with the pregnancy and uh he just snapchatted me before and um i told him i'd give him a shout out and i when i got back i totally forgot about it so <laughs> i got to give him a shout out here um, he asked me to send him the recording after we're done because okay. he's at the hospital now or, oh, um, yeah, or it was earlier there. today. All so right, we got to well, get that to him. Congratulations. Yeah, we'll get it out. Um, yeah, so look up, uh, look out for our audio probably before dinner time tonight. I'll get that up. So. All right, cool. All right, thanks, everybody. All right, see you guys next week. Follow me on Twitter, at Coach McCartan. 
That's at Coach M-C-C-A-R-T-A-N. To find my work on YouTube and SoundCloud, search, with no spaces, Coach McCartan. Subscribe yourself so you don't have trouble finding it in the future. That's it for today, everybody. Listen live next Sunday, 1.30 to 2.30 p.m.